is your host Felicia and welcome to another episode of the Fruit of Colors podcast. I hope we are all doing well. I hope we are all taking care of ourselves, whether it's mentally or physically. I want to thank all my listeners once again for always tuning in every single week. I am not going to lie. I'm actually surprised that this has been going quite well. And I'm glad to say that this is episode 13 that you're listening to. It doesn't sound too much, but <laughs> considering where, you know, where I started from, um, I was super, super scared to create this platform when I first started. And I actually thought that no one would be interested and also listen to, to my, you know, channel. But you guys do every single week. And that's why I am happy to say that this is episode 13. When I started this platform I also had a goal of how many followers I wanted to have on my Spotify channel with my podcast and I have exceeded that like my goal which I'm super super thankful for so now I just want my you know channel to grow even more so if you don't already know on Spotify you can follow um, every single like a playlist I guess it is called so if you like what we do just press the follow button and what we're doing return it would you get just alerted whenever a new episode is out so you don't even have to put in your calendar schedule it like to to put like oh fruit of colors podcast new episode coming out this day you don't have to put that in your calendar so by just pressing the button you will follow me already and then whenever a new episode is out it will like boop pop up on your phone um if you have spotify on your phone or on your um what you call it laptop or ipad or whatever laptop or device you have (laughs) so yeah so i want to if you don't follow me already just follow me on that and also i do have an instagram page so whenever i interview a new person or even if it's just me talking you will um be alert basically know or see the faces behind the voice that's talking every episode basically so yeah so i do want to again i feel like i've said this three times already i do want my channel to go even more because i've exceeded the amount of followers that i wanted which i'm again super thankful for so if you do like what we do and you have someone you know that might be interested in listening on what we're discussing then please do recommend to a friend and also, if you feel like you do have a story you would like to tell, um, any experience that you feel that you've been through, it doesn't have to be any major drama, anything, just if you just want to talk, basically, and share with other people, or if you know, some again, someone that would be a great fit for the show, that you know that they will be great to, you know, come on this show to talk about their experience, and please, again, DM me directly on my Instagram page. Um, the name of my Instagram page is the same, so it's just to follow Fruit of Colors and you just search and then voila, it will come up on your Instagram page. And yeah, if you don't follow us on Instagram, just follow us as well and DM me straight away from there. So if you would ask me what scares me today, because obviously in the beginning I was scared that no one would listen. But if you ask me what would scare me today, I would say having to rely on other people. As you all know, um, since you've been listening for a few weeks, a few months now, you already know what this channel is all about. So it's basically having conversations, discussion about various topics um, with different people from different different ethnic minorities and for them to share their experiences of life growing up in Europe. So obviously it, 
surrounds a lot with you know interviewing other people so you never know if they're gonna show up like even if they say yes you actually don't know 100% sure that they will show up and so far everyone has that has committed have always showed up no one has ever flaked on me which I'm super super thankful for again because I honestly would not be able to do this without y'all so again thank you so much for sharing that, that, that w- I would say that that's my only concern, that you never know that. And I had a little situation the other day where I was supposed to interview someone um, and we had agreed on a date and then that person wanted to reschedule with so I'm completely fine with it, do understand that you're busy and everything. And then when that day of the rescheduled day came, um, they never showed up. And I was quite disappointed and actually quite disrespectful because I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, that person never re- really let me know. I was just like, never showed up. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it is what it is. I can't go around and dwell on it. So, yeah. And we're still going to push through regardless. And I'm not going to let anything stop me from doing what I wanted to do. Um, and in the end of the day, like, I kind of... I'm not saying this in a negative way. But I kind of expected this to happen at some point. I'm not saying that I expected that to happen with that person I was supposed to interview. I just, I'm just talking just general. Because, again, like, when you have to rely on other people, um, I don't know if we should say rely on other people, but, yeah, because it's not only me in the equation, it's someone else in the equation as well. So I do understand that sometimes these things happen. So that's why I'm like, I, I wasn't surprised. And I would say, yes, I found it disappointing and disrespectful, but at the same time, I wasn't super, super angry about it. I just, like, I just knew that that could happen. And I'm just surprised it didn't happen before. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm like, now now we're here. But then again, I'm going to be super cheesy now and say like, the show must go on. But yeah, it definitely has to go on. And we're still pushing through. And I don't want you to leave you guys hanging without an episode again. Like um, I did before. And every, I mean, before you, if you know, like, because I disappeared for a week. But I did explain in one episode. So if you haven't heard that, so then please check it out. So it's not always like I'm interviewing people though. So sometimes I do want to do like educational episodes where it's being, it will mainly be me talking anyway. Um, or that time, for instance, where I felt like I had to take a break and I came back and I just wanted to explain to you all what's been going on in my life and why I needed to take a break. So occasionally it's like a mix. So it's been me sometimes alone and sometimes um, it'll be another person. And as you notice, it's only me talking. So it's only going to be me talking on this episode. I do also want to say that this experience of having a podcast show has also taught me who your real friends are, uh, which I'm actually really thankful to to see because whenever you start something um, I don't know if you've been there yourself, but if you start a business or start something else, or for instance, in this case, um, starting a YouTube channel, sorry, not YouTube channel, I mean podcast channel, um, you will see who your real f- true friends are and who's, you know, around your corner and who's like supporting you and, and everything. So I've been thankful to be able to see that, that only this, for me, it's not super, super big. I mean, it's a big step for me to do, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but um, maybe something like a bit minor for it to, you know, show who your friends are, but yeah, sorry guys for just rambling on. So a couple of weeks ago, I was watching a documentary movie called Skin. It is created by a Nollywood star called Beverly Naya. I recognize her from all my Nigeria movies that I've been watching during this lockdown, during quarantine, during me being just home, not working. (laughs) So like when I saw her, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, it's her. 
And I was a bit surprised because she had a British accent, which I didn't um, expect. And I guess that she was maybe born and and raised in the UK. And then I don't know if she went back. I don't know her life story anyway. But I guess maybe she became big in Nigeria. And yeah, and I, I think she is big in Nigeria. But anyway, so yeah, so she created this documentary movie called Skin. And in that documentary, they're talking about colorism and skin bleaching taking place in Nigeria. Um, you might already know, but Nigeria has the highest number of its population bleaching their skin. According to World Health Organization, 77 of Nigerian women use skin lightening products on a regular basis. They are followed by Togo with 59%, South Africa with 35%, Senegal at 27% and Mali at 25%. In the 1960s, 60% of urban African women were using skin lightener formulas. It was actually the fourth most used household product after soap, tea and tin milk. That's mad. <laughs> um, skin bleaching has become a billion dollar business and become, just becoming bigger and bigger. And for me, that's actually disgusting. And yeah, there's no way other way to put it. It's, I found it disgusting. Because I think by now we all know what skin bleaching actually do for your for your body. Like it's not always like a fairy tale. Like you you know like the the way they try to advertise it's not gonna look like that. You're like your knuckles is gonna be dark where the rest of your skin is gonna be like light, like a weird light. And you can definitely tell when someone has bleached their skin as well. And then also sometimes you have like breakage or whatever it is, like your skin falls off and you have like burn marks and it looks awful from the pictures I've seen. So I think nowadays most people know what they actually does for you so when i said that it's just becoming bigger and bigger a billion dollar business it grew from being 40 to 43 billion dollar business worldwide in 2008 and also with going back to what i said like we i think pretty much everyone knows what it does to your skin like the main ingredient um in most skin lightening bleaching products is hydroquinone i'm not too sure how to pronounce that but that's a chemical formula which is very dangerous for you and can cause cancer. So I'm just going to put it out there. And I'm just like, if you heard my hair episode where I did like an education about hair, um, people are so, because they want to follow a certain standard or follow a certain trend that the stupid human beings have created, they're willing to risk their own health. They're willing to get cancer. They're willing to get all this like health issues to look a certain way and I just found it very disheartening and very sad and very disgusting as well that people are going through those lengths and also paying extraordinary amount of money to look a certain way when you maybe need something else in your household that's more you know you might need food and you're willing to like waste money on skin bleaching rather than to get food on your table so that's yeah that's that's very crazy to me and I'm just sad hearing this things that's going on um also in this documentary she also interviews different successful dark-skinned women um where they share the stories of difficulties they face in their life with their skin tones it could be from you know um, insecurities within themselves or also like the work field in the entertainment business it's quite um, interesting to hear the testimonials and what people have gone through because of the skin color and that got me thinking about myself and my experience I have been through regarding my skin tone. And the question I asked myself is what colorism actually means and where it stems from. I kind of already know where it stems from, but even so, I did want to dig deeper and find a bit more. 
Colorism is prejudice or discrimination of a darker skin tone within the same race. Colorism stems from slavery. Surprise, surprise. That's kind of like what I knew <laughs> or what I suspected. But yeah, so back then, a lot of slave masters would rape the slaves and often ended up having mixed race children with them. It started happening more and more and eventually they would place the light-skinned slaves to work in the house and the dark skin would remain in the fields working in direct sun. That created a divide amongst the slaves as the in-house slaves were looked upon as having a better life. In theory, we all know that they didn't. So light-skinned slaves were also looked upon as more valuable in trading, whereas the dark-skinned woman was beaten more, sold quick in slavery, and bred more children. So this eventually also spilled into the black community. So after years and years of, you know, being treated in a different way, this spilled into the black community as it also started believing and adopting this disease. And yes, guys, I would call it disease because it is... Um, that light skin was better than darker skins. So while they adopted this belief, in 19th and 20th century, the paper bag was introduced and they utilized that in hiring black people. So basically what the paper bag does is that you put a paper bag next to a person, you know, a brown paper bag, you put it next to a person. Um, if someone is the same color or lighter skinned than the paper bag, they'll be considered for hire. If there were any sort of shape darker than the paper bag they would not be considered for hire and um, they also did the comp test as well with this you know how afro if you know how afro hair is it's very tight very coily very kinky it's very beautiful it's very unique and you know like having a fine-tuned comb it's not the easier to get through the the hair like you will get stuck because you know your, your your curls will coil up and get stuck so yeah so they also introduced a comb test so basically what they did they would like try to comb through your hair so if the comb will pass through your hair then you were basically allowed into different high-end organizations and if it didn't if you got stuck you know like yeah, when it gets stuck then you were not allowed in. And when I heard about that, I found it quite interesting considering that I have seen some light-skinned women and also mixed-race women that have very, very, very like tight coarse. Like they looks like they have 4C hair. They, they have the same skin, uh, not skin, hair texture as me. So I wonder if back in the day if they were more concerned about blackness in general where they came to hair or where it came to skin tone because i'm like if they fell into you know if they passed a paperback test i wonder how they would be proceed if they did not pass a comp test um because in the end of the day it doesn't matter if you're light-skinned or dark-skinned or whatever like everyone's hair texture is different i have seen very very dark-skinned women that have very fine curls that they have maybe i think on a verge of three C or 3B that they're dark but then they have like maybe very fine hair and I've seen like very light-skinned women that have very very coily hair so I wonder what they would you know have done in that case if they would allow it or if they would not allow it. At that time as well there was a thing called passing within the black community so what passing basically means is when a light skin could pass for being white so this was also introduced and kind of like utilized as well within the work field so you could get a better job, get more money. Um, they could also get away with marrying a white woman or a white man. You know, back then, like it was illegal to marry 
for a black person to marry a white person. So they couldn't get away with it because it passes being white. It looked like they were white. They could pass and get away with that. And they could have, you know, children and all of that. And the child would not even know that they courted black. They would not know anything about the mother's or the father's past um, that they were actually black. Because you know, obviously in America, I think it works the same here. Like in America, if one of your parents is black or if you have an ounce of black, you're considered as black. <laughs> and I think during this time, they, because they ha also had introduced, um, I can't remember exactly because it was a while ago I saw um, this documentary, but they were saying that they were trying to introduce like, you can't have like, you have to pee, be as pure as possible and I think the president back then I can't remember what president it was got scared and was thinking like okay then the majority of the whites might you know if we do introduce that you have to be as pure as possible then the majority of the whites could potentially have some sort of black in them so they yeah they reduce it down but anyway I'm just mumbling on now but so what happened by went through the passing you had to dissociate yourself from your black family I found it very sad because sometimes, you know, as a parent, you want a better life for a child. You don't want your child to go through the same thing that you went through. So the parents could encourage the child to go through the passing in order for them to just have a better life. Um, to get a job, to earn more money and all of that. But then in order for them to do that, they had to dissociate themselves from the family. So they could not have any sort of contact anymore with their family and they had they often moved away and this i saw in a documentary um called dark girl so it's a two-part miniseries produced by oprah winfrey's network channel where they interview celebrities not regular people about the experience of being a dark-skinned versus a light-skinned girl and those have come up with like different you know historical events as well with it and again like i thought i found it very insightful and i got a lot of knowledge from it so i watch it from it's out on youtube so just search dark girl um you will find it will pop up and yeah so they, the second episode is about light skin people so it's called light light girl and they when i saw it they interviewed a dark skin woman who said that white people always complimented her skin tone or her complexion and she felt that she always liked her skin color growing up because of that but in the same time black people made her question it because of the comments they always used to say about her darker tone. And most of you probably heard about the survey they did on young children. It was a few years ago that I actually heard about that and they probably did that. So that documentary also show a small snippet of a, I guess you call it surveyor. <laughs> I know surveyor means something different, like it's someone going to, you know, house and look if the house is brought, if the house is, you know, functioning well, but the person that was doing that survey or the test and was going around asking very, very young children who's the, you know, about different questions, basically. So what she had done, she pulled out like a paper of a drawing of a small child. Um, so it was like five different identical children on the drawing, but all of them, the only difference was that they had different skin tones. So she would ask them different questions about like, who's the smartest? Who is the dumbest? Who's the most pretty? Who's the um, uh, evil one? Who's the ugly? Like th those sort of questions. And then she would note it down. So she was interviewing like really young black children. And I think you all know, which ones the children pointed at. So when it came to when she asked, like, who's the smartest, who's the prettiest, who's the, the good child, they always pointed to, to the white child. And when I asked, like, who's the evil child, who's the dumb child, who's the ugly one, they always pointed to the black child or the darker child. 
And I mean, this shows how deep this illness, this disease is embedded in us or within us, the young children at that age. Because I think she interviewed children within the age of four and you're really, really young and she didn't even think about those things. Like I personally didn't think about those things when I was when I was at that age. And it just breaks my heart that at four year old, you're already so like intoxicated of what your fellow mother, uncle, whatever their beliefs are that you are supposed to be liked, that they have, you know, developed an opinion about that already at four years old. And on the Light Girl episode, one of the interviewers said that her great-grandma, I think it was, um, married a light-skinned man in order to survive. And I just found it quite interesting because she lived through the John Crow horror era where it was very horrible for black people to live through and they got lynched and murdered like daily. So for her being light, she saw that as survival because they had more of a chance to survive. So for her, the main point was to marry a light-skinned guy so she can her children can live they could you know continue their life uh, whereas because you know with the passing i believe that they could pass as being white so maybe the white people wouldn't touch them but if you were dark then you you definitely see that you're black and then they would you know easily accuse you of something stupid and then lynch you or murder you or torture you and all of that which is horrible so i thought it was quite interesting because so far i think we just heard about like you know you're looked upon as i don't know it maybe falls into the same now by saying that you will be able to survive um but the aspect that she married someone light just because to surviving instead of being like okay yeah um social status or um, it looks better um, or you're more attractive or this and that. It wasn't even in the equation at that time. For, for her great-grandma, it was more of like survival. And I found it quite interesting because I never really heard that reason before. So the divide created back during slavery is still present today. In America, light-skinned black girls are bullying, teasing, attacking dark-skinned girls and vice versa. Dark-skinned girls are doing the same um, to, to lighter-skinned girls or guys. Colorism is, of course, not an issue only in the black community. Many ethnic groups have the same issue. In Korea, it's popular to be as white as a ghost, so obviously you would do that with makeup. When I was watching this documentary, a Korean-American went to visit Korea for the first time and noticed that she was different and much darker than the Koreans in the country. And she also mentioned that a random lady walked up to her mom and asked her if the father was black. And when she said that, I was so stunned because the, the, the person the korean american the interview she does not look to have any sort of resemblance of being black and you can clearly that she see that she's straight asian and this made me think about a a situation or like i remember working with a brazilian guy he's you know a bit darker tone but i think he's like because he's you know brazilian so i think he has a typical skin tone of um you know being brazilian like latino yeah he has a typical skin tone so i don't think he's any darker than the standard skin tone that latinos have so i would in fairness i would just call it tan in my eyes but he considered himself to be darker so he told me that he has a half sister who looks white and he also told me that when she was born his granddad thanked his mom for having a white child and when he said that, I was a bit stunned because obviously, like, you can't choose how your child is going to look like. Um, you can control it a bit more, of course, if you have a child with a lighter skinned person. However, that does not guarantee that you always have a, or that the child will come out light, taking genetics into consideration. Because I've seen, like, couples where both of them have been light, um, 
for instance, like I've seen couples that are mixed race, um, both of them are mixed race, and one of the children had come out really dark. So again, like, you know, genetics takes place, do their tricks sometimes, and it does not always mean that your child is gonna come out light just because both of your parents are light. In East Asia, colorism stems from the royalty family always being in the house and the workers being the sun. So you're seen as more su superior if you're fair-skinned. You might be asking yourself why other countries who has not been enslaved have colorism issues as well. And I would say colorism is also stems from colonialism, where the white man obviously entered countries, did what they had to do to now gain richness and all of that if you know what I mean yeah so I would say that colorism also stems from colonialism um, again where the white man was looked upon as superior and was also looked upon as having more in Japan the higher status people have very light skin and they would always put white powder on their faces India is obsessed with fair skin I think this is one of the first thing that I heard about India when I was younger going to school lighter skinned Indians are seen as classy and the top of the top families with darker skin are seen as doing manual labor been out in the sun too much and are from a lower caste to be honest like I'm not surprised because of these factors that if, if you're rich or if you you know royalty that you're in the house a bit more not in the sun that you might be like okay that's more of a status kind of point of view that if you're lighter you're seen upon that you you are rich i do understand back in that day but nowadays um where the world has changed <laughs> so the fact that they still have these uh, thoughts is just like baffles me because i'm like the, the world has changed more people working like in offices and all of that so just because you're darker doesn't mean that you are not you know rich and again like i said before genetics takes their place as well just because you know in the line that many generations they've been light you never know if someone back in the day was dark and that can come up like certain things in genetics can just come up in one generation and i just feel like people forget that in the asian community here in the uk they will still have arranged marriages and there is i don't know if there used to be or if it still is but in this documentary they mentioned that there used to be an asian magazine where parents advertised their children on it and the first headliner was that they were fair skinned if the groom entered the room meeting the bride and saw that the bride was dark he would not move to phase two i don't know what kind of faces or what things you have to go through to get married in in the indian community or the south asian community i don't know but with this documentary they just said like they interviewed an indian woman and she said like yeah this will happen like they would not go to phase two so what they often try to do to get a chance was that they would put a lot of makeup on the woman so she would appear more fair-skinned and have a chance to mom to move on to phase two i heard a story it's actually not a story because it's actually true um there's some news in america that went around there was a um, american indian son that married a dark-skinned black woman um the father did not approve of the marriage whatsoever and because of that her complexion he had her murdered i can't speak for other cultures but i feel like colorism is starting to get more recognized but it still has a long way to go to break the chain and break the belief of this nonsense <laughs> basically um i feel like i will compare this like racism like i think the biggest issues we have right now in in the world is racism and colorism and it has been recognized the same way as racism has but at the same time just because it's recognized doesn't mean that's fixed like it's you still hear about these crazy stories um about racism still taking place and obviously what's going on with the black lives matter movement that's been happening with america and even if when we march on the street, like I was marching, a lot of people marching around the world 
And even so, like after George Floyd was murdered, they still continue murdering black innocent people in America. So, I mean, it is recognized, but it's still not fixed. And I think it's the same with colorism, that it is recognized, but still not fixed. So we have a long way to go to to heal ourselves. When I was younger, I never really, personally, I never really had much, heard much about colorism. At that time, I was just battling being black <laughs> in Sweden because um, I was I was already different. So I don't feel like colorism really existed in Sweden. It was just more racism that I experienced. And looking back at it, I think I was, yeah, I'm just thinking like, I don't think it was many different shades of black growing up. Um, apart from like the mixed race people. So the only difference you would see like if was if someone was mixed or someone was black. But I don't feel like I saw many different shades of black growing up. I don't know if it has to do with my dad being light-skinned that maybe was used to... I, maybe I didn't think about it because it was treated the same anyway. So yeah, I don't know where why I didn't think about it, to be honest. But like I said, I think it's different factors that... I think like it didn't really exist in Sweden, like colorism, or maybe I was too young to, to you know, notice it. And also it wasn't, I didn't really see that many different shades of black as well growing up. But anyway, having that said, I started noticing it a bit more when I got older. So my dad used to have, or he used to host reggae events with his cousin. Um, so I was helping out sometimes, bartending um, some nights um, and helping them out. And it was this boy, this stupid, stupid boy who was always trying to get my number every single like week when we were hosting that reggae event. And I denied him several times because you could clearly tell that he was just like a like a fuck boy basically so i just denied him every single time and with the school high school that i went to or secondary school as we call it here in england <laughs> um i was very fortunate to travel to south africa for two weeks like most black people or other colored people i don't know if you can say that but you know different shades of people um we all know that we turn very quickly in the sun so when i came back i was like literally 10 10 shades darker than i was when i when I left Sweden and also when we traveled to South Africa it was winter in Sweden in in South Africa it's summer so I, I literally traveled from minus 25 degrees Celsius Sweden cold winter February to hot 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 summer in South Africa I was there two weeks came back and was like again 10 10 shades darker <laughs> So when I came back and started helping again with this event, the same stupid guy that had tried to get my number walked up to me and told me that I was no longer pretty because I was darker. And he told me that I'd become way too dark. And when he said that, I just looked at him and I actually got really angry and I was fuming when he told me that. And I started started to cuss him out. Um, I remember that my mom tried to calm me down and she was like, just stop, um, it's not that deep. <laughs> but I got more angry Obviously, like, I don't care about your opinion if you think I'm ugly, if you think I'm pretty. But I was more angry to the fact that I was like, okay, so you're only defining my beauty or you're only finding me beautiful because I was lighter. So now because I'm darker, you think that I'm ugly all of a sudden. So that is what I, you know, got angry about. And I'm like, you should not define someone's beauty because of their skin tone. Like, if, you, if you're pretty, you're pretty. Just because you're dark, you shouldn't say that someone is ugly. And I feel like, 
when it comes to colorism, I feel like more other people have made me aware of my skin tone. Because I used to get, like, when I was younger, when I was growing up in Sweden, I used to get compliments sometimes for from older Swedish, like, women. Like, they actually look like grandmas. They always used to, not always, I'm not going to exaggerate, but some occasion they would compliment or my com- complexion or my skin tone. They like, oh, you have a very beautiful skin. I was just a bit surprised sometimes because obviously, like, they're from the older generation where it was more racism happening um, in, in Sweden back in the day. So for them to compliment my skin tone, I was like, oh, I was very like, yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. And I've also like considered myself a being a brown skinned girl. Like I never really thought myself being, obviously I'm not light skinned. <laughs> and I just felt like I never really um, fell into the dark skin category. And I think it has more to do with like other people's opinion of me. Because even with my family, they've always said like, oh yeah, I'm, like in my family, maybe they look at me and see like I'm on the like lighter than some of my other siblings and I remember once when I was with some of my friends and I had said because yeah I had this stupid belief when I was younger that I wish that could be mixed race but that had more to do with the hair (laughs) the hair aspect of it I wanted long nice curls but I didn't say that to them. I think I was just like, I said to, to some of my friends, like, oh yeah, when I was younger, I used to think that I wanted to be mixed race. And one of my friends back in the day, they said like, oh, but you're not that dark anyway. And I was like, I'm like, I didn't think about it as, you know, skin tone. It was more of hair. So yeah, anyway, so I've considered myself as a brown skin girl. I'm not, I don't feel like I fall into the dark skin girl category and I don't fall into the light skin category. So I feel like I'm, I'm in the middle. But I feel like when I came here to the UK, like some people um, start considering me as dark skin and I'm like, oh, <laughs> maybe I am, maybe I'm not. By the end of the day, I don't care what category I fall into and I feel like it shouldn't even be a category to fall into. It should just be like black and, and that's it. It shouldn't be like this light skin versus dark skin kind of nonsense. Like I just find it ridiculous. I really, really find it ridiculous. And I just feel like we're just wasting our time to having these battles because we have one big battle and that is racism. So we should fight that instead of fighting each other above different skin tones. And in the end of the day, like I said, like I don't care which skin color, skin category, whatever. Like you can, if you want to see me as dark skin, then see me as dark skin. If you want to see me as brown skin, then see me as brown skin. I, I don't really care. I just think and focus more about my happiness, my health and my loved ones around me. But I felt like also when I say this, like I felt like because I saw, I noticed about colorism more in the UK when I moved here. It kind of also like influenced my mind a little bit because when I met my boyfriend, I actually thought that he would not be interested in me because I was darker than him. And my boyfriend is very light skinned. So what I had seen here in the in the UK, I saw like a lot of black men out here. I'm not trying to like put this on black men or anything, but I, I did see a lot of black men when I was growing up that they, they were favor they were favor white girls or light skinned girls rather than the dark skinned girls. And especially the light skinned men <laughs> um I very rarely, rarely, rarely saw light-skinned men with dark-skinned women. Maybe I jumped the gun when I met him, but I actually thought that he was the same. But little did I know, he was um, interested in me, and here we are, three years later, we're still in a very blooming 
lovely relationship. So yeah, and thinking of that, one I remember one of my cousins, she was dating or her ex-boyfriend was white and they were together for a short time like she was young so you know like your first boyfriend in high school like when you're young and you don't you know it's your first boyfriend so you're like giddy and all of that so she her boyfriend was white and I think she had told my brothers (laughs) about about him and then one of my brothers was asking her like why she's dating a white guy and her response was that no black man wants her and when she said that, actually crushed me. Because I'm like, you are, like, why are you, you're young? She was probably, like, 15. Maximum 16. I don't think she was younger than that. And I'm like, why are you even thinking about that? And I felt, like, very sad that you 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 feel like you maybe have to venture into different races. I don't think that's a, that's not a bad thing at all. But the way she responded was, like, she has to look into different options just because, like, the black men or boys doesn't don't like her because she's a black girl and she's not dark skin i think we have pretty much the same skin complexion and um, she's not dark at all but she's still like oh no black man wants her and i feel like when i was growing up i didn't really see colorism like that but i feel like now it has maybe grown in sweden a bit more so because i Probably because of TV, you know, and probably because of these rappers rapping about, you know, and having like probably light skinned women in their videos and also promoting like trying to influence people's mind, basically. So, yeah, so I just feel like that has become an influence now in Sweden as well, that the majority of black men that they will try to go for a white girl. Um, so, yes, when she said that, 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 that was really disheartening on me. And I just feel like it's uh, it's not fair at all, because I feel like as soon as... Um, a black girl is dating outside her race, is dating like a, a white man, especially a white man. Um, we always get questions. We always get like, okay, I can't, I haven't dated a black man. So I can't, not black man. <laughs> I haven't dated a white man. Uh, my ex-boyfriend was Latino. Um, I don't think that's the same. But anyway, I haven't dated a white man. So I can't speak on that. But what I've heard in other people's experiences is that they always get questioned as soon as they date a white man. And they always uh, judge as well. And people are quick to assume that they are dating a white man because of other motives, because of other benefits. And I feel like as soon as a black man dates a white woman, they never get questions. And I feel that that's very unfair. So you already don't want us. <laughs> and then secondly, like if we date outside a race, you're going to start questioning us. So what do you want? Like, what do you want us to do? So I feel like, yeah, like think before you speak sometimes. Um, people like, I'm not saying it's only men, maybe some other women out there, other, you know, races out there that might be questioning things. But I feel like you should think before you speak. Another thing that crushed me is that one of my friends, that a friend of mine, always used to compare her skin tone with mine. She's this gorgeous, she's actually very, very stunning. She's this gorgeous South Sudanese girl. And if you look at her, you would think that she actually looks like a model. She's very pretty and she has this unique dark skin complexion to her. Um, and whenever we took pictures of herself together, you know how like Snapchat that you put filters on? Um, sometimes like some filters it can come through that it could come through like your skin appeared lighter than it actually was and whenever that happened she always used to mention and always used to like hooray that she looks lighter and like the same skin tone as as I do and I never like really understood why she always had this insecurity because whenever she mentioned that I always like it always used to bug me and I always used to question it 
And I wish that I answered that, but because I think at that time I kind of like thought that I was thinking way too much into it, that maybe it wasn't that deep. But at the same time, it wasn't like once, it wasn't twice, it was like several times she would mention that. So you can clearly tell there was some sort of insecurity. And when I looked at her, I'm like, you have nothing to be insecure about. You're stunning. You're gorgeous. You always get attention. So why are you insecure about your skin tone? And but at the same time, like, it doesn't matter how the other world perceives. I mean, because like, obviously I looked at her and I'm like, you're gorgeous. But I, pers- I don't know her story. I don't know her life story. She, if she was bullied because of her dark skin, and maybe that has molded her to believe that she needs to look lighter or this and that. I would still consider her as my friend. We haven't spoken for a while and I haven't seen her for a while. Um, she's moved outside of London. I'm not saying that that's an excuse not to see her. But she's also the type of friend, like, if... I would get in touch, like, it would be like I spoke to her yesterday, you know. So, yeah, I think next time I speak to her, I will ask her, like, if she has insecurities about that. Maybe she doesn't have insecurities about that anymore. But definitely when I first met her, like, five years ago, she did. On the other hand, I have another friend who embraces her dark skin and loves whenever she come becomes dark in the summer times. And that is one of the things that I love and admire about her because I rarely meet dark-skinned women they're comfortable, they're comfortable and loving their complexion. We need to do better in our communities and stop this light skin and dark skin nonsense. Like I said earlier, it's just, it's just bullshit. <laughs> and black men need to stop putting light skinned women on a pedestal. Because that is the reasons why we still have these divisions amongst the black community. In the end of the day, we're all equal regardless of our skin tone. We all bleed. We all get sick. We all shit. We all vomit. We all die. I know that's probably nasty now where I'm bringing up shit and vomit and all that but you know what I'm trying to get at we are the same we are like a skeleton in the end of the day so why should we fight about this when we can fight the biggest fight which is racism and not fight each other on the dark skin documentary they interviewed Michael Colliol I don't know if I pronounced that last name (laughs) correctly but he is an American actor and a comedian And he said that loving yourself is not racism. Loving yourself is self-pride. If you drop a drop of water, the ripples that goes out is everyone else, but you are the drop. So you have to start loving yourself and everyone else would do the same. And when I heard that saying, I'm like, that's actually quite beautiful because that is true. Like you have to start loving yourself and other people will see that. And because you love yourself, they will start loving you as well. But if you think yourself as unworthy or this horrible person, then obviously that's going to reflect to other people. And they might think the same way about you, that, you know, they're not going to respect you, not value you. So if you start valuing yourself, loving yourself and all of that jazz, other people are going to do the same. So this is for this week's episode. It was, as you notice, it was more of an education episode again. (laughs) Um, I did one a few weeks ago about Afro hair. So I do hope that you have learned something new. And if you do have self-hate about your skin tone, I do hope that you reflect on that and ask yourself why, where it comes from and why you think the way you think about your skin tone. Um, And I do hope that you seek ways that benefits you to turn disbelief around um, so you can start loving yourself and loving your, your sisters, your brothers and loving yourself in your own skin. Because in the end of the day, I know I'm going to be super cheesy again, forgive me. <laughs> but at the end of the day, every human being is unique and the world would look very boring if everyone looked the same. So once again, 
thank you so 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 much for always supporting me and tuning in on this week's episode and i will see you until next time bye